You are listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from to empower couples everywhere to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. This show is hosted by the budget-savvy bride herself, Jessica Bishop, along with me, Sari Wienerman, her Real Weddings editor. We've got a ton of fun stuff to unpack with you today, so before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of The Bouquet Toss. We are having candid conversations all about weddings, why we do them the way that we do, so that couples can plan their weddings based on their own values and not on the expectations of everyone else. We can promise that this is going to be a ton of fun, and you're definitely going to learn something new in every episode, plus get, you know, a little more in touch with what you like and maybe what you don't like. So as an ode to the title of the podcast, we're starting right from the beginning with the bouquet toss itself. What is that about? There's actually a ton of history out there about this. There's so much information, which we are going to dive into. But before we do, Jess, I'm going to put you on the spot. (laughs) If you had to explain what the bouquet toss is, how would you describe it? So keeping the the history aside, what I know the bouquet toss to be is uh, a portion of your reception when they send all the single ladies out on the dance floor to catch the bouquet that the bride tosses. And uh, from what I understand, it's meant to be, um, you know, like the the lucky winner is the next in line to get married. So that's how I understand it. But we're going to get all into the details of where it comes from and the point of it. <laughs> Absolutely. So just because I'm curious, when you were getting married, did you have a bouquet toss? I did. But to be honest, I went through the planning process and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is silly. These traditions... I don't know. It was, it really wasn't my thing. And I swore up and down that I wasn't going to do it. But then I don't know if like bridal brain took over and it was like, Oh, we need to, we need to do this. And so I actually ended up doing it at my wedding, even though I didn't intend to. That's so interesting. And so did you have an inclination to look up more to history about it? Or you just were kind of like bridal brain in full mode. This is a thing that we do. So we're going to do it. Honestly, most of the people who were at our wedding were there, you know, in, in couples. A lot of them were already married. Um, uh-huh. Even even at the age of 25, when I got married, we were some of the last in our group of friends to wow. t- tie the knot, which is crazy. So there wasn't a lot of single ladies to really put on the spot, to be honest. But my day of coordinator, who I swore knew that I didn't really care to do it, kind of rallied the troops and, and organized it anyway. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I didn't feel like I could make a big stink of it in the moment. So I sure. was just like, just rolling with it. You know, it's all part of the fun. Yeah, I have a feeling that that's probably pretty common that either the coordinator or even the DJ or the MC or like someone that is kind of structuring the reception kind of just does it because that's a thing that you do at weddings. So I, I kind of imagine that that probably happens to a lot of brides, but. Let's get into it a little bit more. We have pulled some really cool facts about the history of the bouquet toss. We will have links to all these articles in the episode show notes if you are really curious and want to dive in more. But 
the bouquet toss has kind of a few different, I would say it seems like there's a few different origins, but dating all the way back to, you know, the 1800s and maybe even earlier than that. Prior to then, it was it was considered good luck for people to touch the bride. And I think mostly this was single ladies who were hoping to get married off because that meant they were going to have good fortune and, you know, money and be protected by a man. Uh, so in order to get like that luck per se, these single women would like rip off pieces of the bride's dress. That's wild. That sounds a little bit savage. Right? Totally savage. And like kind of sad to think that that's the narrative that women were given to believe that you were so lucky to be saved by this man, right? But in order to, I guess, dodge these people ripping her dress or trying to touch her, she would throw the bouquet. And if you caught that, you got a piece of the bride, you're like the lucky person who potentially is going to get married next. And it started truly as a means of survival almost for the bride. Or like distraction, like, oh, don't touch my dress. Look over here. I'm tossing the bouquet at you. Yeah. And to think that, you know, obviously it's morphed into something that feels much more civilized, civilized, (laughs) you know, civilized, but I do think that it can get kind of dangerous sometimes, depending on your crowd. Yeah. I mean, all I picture is like flying earrings or, you know, women trampling each other in their heels. They're like throwing elbows, trying to get in front of one <laughs> another to grab it. Right. It definitely depends on your crowd. But what a crazy thing, you know, that kind of turned into something that we still want to incorporate because it became kind of fun. Yes. And then, of course, you know, in modern times, like I'd say like in the last, oh, gosh, I need to look up when the song came out. But like ever since Beyonce's single ladies dance, that is like the hallmark song of the bouquet toss at every Uh wedding reception. It's almost a cliche or probably is a cliche at this point. But uh. (laughs) Hey, guys, it's Sari. So it was really bothering Jess that she didn't remember the date when we recorded. So I am here to report that Single Ladies was released by Beyonce in 2008. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. I think they try to make it fun, but when you really think about the history of it, you start to kind of scratch your head and question, like, is this something I actually want to incorporate into my reception plans? I always wonder if you were a bride pretty early on, you may not have had the experience of legitimately being singled out as like a single person at a wedding to go and stand in this crowd and have to catch the bouquet. And so I almost wonder if being subjected to that is something that people are like, oh, that was not fun. I don't want to make the people at my wedding do that. But I will say, I I read a lot about a lot of people opt to just have a crowd. You don't have to be single. It could be anybody. And truly just throwing the bouquet brings luck to whoever catches it, single, married, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. So I think that if the tradition feels fun to you and, you know, it's something you want to do, you can take the pressure off of those women that are at your reception and have the whole group of people right yeah the whole gender neutral aspect of it could make it you know less awkward for anybody who is single you don't want people to feel singled out (laughs) for lack of a better word but (laughs) yeah I, I can totally see how that could be uncomfortable for somebody and especially you know 
everybody's budgets are tight. They're trying to keep costs in check. So especially if one of your single friends didn't get a plus one because they don't have a long-term partner, that can make them feel even potentially more uh, singled out in that case. So definitely things to keep in mind. Yeah. And there's a whole other layer that we're probably going to get increasingly more aware of, but it's super gendering to do that. I think if you, if you have a crowd and you're not just saying single ladies, I think that probably helps a lot. But, you know, assuming gender orientation and assuming that people want to get married because they want to catch the bouquet so that they're getting, you know, it, there's a lot of implications that it can potentially involve. So just just another layer to think about. But so I actually asked my sister, did you want to do this at your wedding? Because we definitely did. When it was happening, I was definitely like towards the back, kind of just <laughs> smiling. I wasn't rushing to catch it. But I do remember like one of her friends totally tripped and caught it almost as if she was dying for a football wow. um, commitment, right? So I was curious and I asked my sister if she had planned to do it, if she had even thought about it. And at first she was like, you know, I think that our MC just kind of did it. At one point, there was maybe a lull, not many people on the dance floor. And he was like, oh, you know, this is something that will take up some time. So he just announced that it was happening. But then as we thought about it more, she was like, you know, I actually think my florist gave me a bouquet to toss, like an extra bouquet free of charge. They included it in the package because it was something that most people wanted. And it's like part of their policy. That's just what they do. Right. That is super interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot, there's a lot of business owners that probably do things like that because it is so expected. So the fact that it was free is nice, but at the same time, it's like, should that pressure you into tossing it just because they gave you a free bouquet? Like if it doesn't feel like aligned. (laughs) Right. It's so interesting. And I had brought up to you, what if you're using some sort of alternative? What if you're, you've rented your flowers? If you throw it, the person potentially can't keep it, but you corrected me. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like one of the uh, partners that we work with at the Budget Savvy Bride is something Bard Blooms and they allow you to rent all sorts of different, you know, silk floral arrangements for your wedding, including bridal bouquet, bridesmaids bouquet, centerpieces, the whole lot. And, but they're rented. And so they ship them to you and you use them on your wedding day and then you mail them back. So, you know, you don't want to toss your, your rented bridal bouquet and then have somebody run off with it. Uh, the, right. the lucky, the lucky person who catches it, lucky quote unquote. Um, <laughs> but actually one of the great things that they offer on their site, when you place an order with them is the ability to purchase a toss bouquet and it's like eight bucks. And you can use that for your bouquet toss if you choose to incorporate one into your reception. And then you don't have to worry about someone taking that home as a little souvenir. Well, that's definitely a really savvy way for them to go about it. But I will say that does offer a little bit more of a push for people to do it. It's just something that I wonder, is this something people like wedding professionals or even wedding goers often think about? We can be clear that most of the things we'll discuss in this episode and in the future are probably more aligned with like a Western wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so interesting that there's all of these things that we just sort of do. I mean, even the vendors are coming up with easier, more bulletproof ways for people to do a bouquet toss, even though we know that the history is so 
you know what, I'm taking your word and saying savage. It's, <laughs> it's so, you know, so it's so interesting that it's become so embedded within the wedding industry that even our vendors, our florists, whether the flowers are real, fake, whatever it is, they're really including options for including the bouquet toss. Yeah, it's almost like um, it's become so expected and so much a part of the tradition or like ritual that um, they just go ahead and, and give you options for doing it. But again, like I think it's one of those things where if it doesn't feel right to you, you shouldn't feel pressure just because someone's giving you a free toss bouquet or because you can do something affordable uh, if it doesn't feel aligned. Sure. So I think we might know the answer at this point, but <laughs> putting you on the spot again, if you were going to do it all over again, would you include the bouquet toss? If you, you know, let's say you were using something borrowed blooms, you um, were renting their awesome, beautiful flowers for your day, and you saw that you had that option for that, you know, $8 extra one, you think you'd do it? Well, it's interesting because now being older and wiser <laughs> and, and, and in a different phase of life too, you know, most of my friends are, are partnered off. I probably would have even fewer uh, people who are single to catch it. And, and it's just not really something that aligns with where I'm at now. Not to say that there's anything wrong with anybody who wants to include it. You know, it, it can be fun, especially if you are in, in that earlier phase of life with so many friends who are still single and it can it doesn't have to have a negative connotation. It really just kind of depends on how it sits with you. But yeah, all that to say, I don't think I would do it at this point just because I don't know that I'd have anybody to toss it to. <laughs> That's absolutely fair. I think that is definitely a big part of it. I'm wondering, is there an alternative of like a, a passing of luck or good vibes, good juju that you can think of that you might want to do instead? Oh, gosh, I think it would be cute to instead of um, tossing a bouquet, maybe having like little mini arrangements of some sort or like little mini boutonnieres almost that you could sit at a place setting for everyone. So everyone kind of gets a piece of that uh, wedding luck. Oh, my God, I love that. It could be cute and it wouldn't have to be necessarily expensive. You could get, you know, silk flowers from the craft store and make something small just to kind of pay homage, I guess, to like the tradition. but not do it in a way that makes people feel like they have to fight yeah. to, to grab the bouquet. I love that, especially for the people that are super important to you, maybe your bridal party. I'm thinking from personal experience for my sister's wedding, I, you know, first time maid of honor. I was so excited. She's my best friend. And I really wanted to preserve my bouquet, but she used real flowers and I did the whole dry them out type of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But if I'm being honest, they ended up getting tossed eventually. And now I'm just thinking like if she had done something like this with silk flowers, I would have had a nice memento, a reminder of that day that I could keep. That seems like a really fun alternative, even for the bride and groom to have. I mean, I can even almost imagine it becoming like a magnet that you end up putting on your fridge or something that you keep on your shelf next to your favorite candles or something. It's just like a cute reminder of your day. Yeah, there's so many great ways to preserve bouquets and and display them after the wedding. You know, if you do do if you do do <laughs> fresh flowers, um, you know, sending it to a bouquet preservation company or something like that. I know there's lots of Etsy sellers who do things like that, or even awesome. um, 
even like pressing the flowers, which we have a really great tutorial on the Budget Savvy Bride, which we should link in the show notes as well. Um, if you want to press the flowers from your bouquet and then create some sort of artwork out of it for your home after a wedding, I think all that stuff is just like a great way to make those kind of tangible memories last even longer. I really love that. I'm picturing the pressed flower bouquet as something you hang on your wall. And now I'm definitely conflicted because not that I'm planning a wedding. (laughs) I always kind of imagined that I would be more of like the silk flower type of girl. Um, But the idea of that, if I use real flowers and then I can press them and follow the tutorial from the budget savvy bride and frame it and put it in my house after that seems really cool. I mean, the good news is that you could totally do both. You know, you could have a fresh floral bouquet made for you as the bride and then rent your flowers for your bridesmaids. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and actually with something barred blooms, they see a lot of that. Really? Thing. Yeah. The mixing and matching of fresh and silk or fresh and faux. <laughs> uh-huh. And, um, you know, just depending on the collections that you choose, if you pick the same types of flowers for your fresh bouquet, you can make it kind of be a bit cohesive with silk arrangements that you choose. And then you could take the flowers from your bridal bouquet to press or preserve in some way. Or, you know, alternatively, um, they also offer their bridal bouquets for purchase if you did want to keep it as a keepsake as well. And this is not sponsored, by the way. I just (laughs) legitimately, I just legitimately love what they have to offer. And, you know, like I said, whether you go fully faux or do a mix of fresh and silk, there's just so many options depending on what your priorities are and kind of what you want. Yeah, that is always something that is so great to be reminded of. There's so many different ways that you can go. Hey friends, we wanted to take a quick moment to share a bit about our amazing private community. If you're looking for a little wedding planning oasis away from the noise of social media, this is just the thing for you. Many of you have loved our Facebook group, but this new platform is what we like to call the next level of budget savvy wedding planning. And it allows you to connect with one another and share resources like never before. Come join us inside for wedding planning support from a like-minded community of smart and savvy brides-to-be. Get advice and feedback from brides, local vendor recommendations, and so much more. Join us inside today by visiting thebudgetsavvybride.com slash community. See you there. So another alternative to the bouquet toss that Unclear could have started before, maybe after, is the garter toss. And apparently this was a way to ward off the jealous guests who wanted like a piece of the bride's clothing, you know, wanted a piece of her, you know, kind of the same thing as them trying to rip at her dress. But this was a way for her to take it off, throw it and get out. So I have to ask, did you do a garter toss as well? And what are your thoughts on a garter toss? <laughs> yes, I, I, I got a... Uh coerced I guess into doing a garter <laughs> toss as well and I just in the moment I was just like swept up in the moment I guess but did you do that full-on like he went under the dress and he yeah used his teeth no not the teeth oh no <laughs> no I did sit on a chair and he did pull it off but very tastefully um <laughs> because that's just embarrassing like for me like no I was not 
was not about the the whole show of it. Right. But I I still participated. Why did that happen? I just, (laughs) I really, I really sit here scratching my head about it because I said all along I wasn't going to do it, but I gave into the, to the pressure of the moment, I guess. And you know, I didn't have an official DJ at my wedding. Um, it, it was something that I, you know, chose to forego in favor of saving money because it can be pretty pricey to hire a pro. But we set up my laptop with music and the coordinator on the day of, she just kind of started and stopped the playlist at key moments. But so we totally did the garter toss as well. But, you know, it's another one of those things where, like, I, I definitely don't think I'd do it again now. And I kind of judge myself oh, a little no. bit for doing it because I said I wasn't going to. And then yeah. the moment, the, the heat of the moment took over, I guess. But yeah. Um, well, for people interested in doing something that doesn't quite so much put the spotlight on just the single ladies, this could be a good option. The bride could toss the bouquet while the groom tosses the garter, something like that, maybe. Yeah, or you could do it both together, and you don't have to have the ceremonious uh, removal of the garter <laughs> if you feel shy about it. <laughs> it can, uh, I mean, I think everybody has probably seen some pretty raunchy uh, garter fishing, is that what we want to call it? Um, videos on YouTube or maybe at a wedding you've actually attended yourself. Sometimes it can be a little cringy, to be honest. So, yeah, you also want to keep in mind the guests who are attending you really want your grandmother to see (laughs) something like that go down but yeah I think there's I think there's ways that you can adapt any of these traditions to make it feel more comfortable for you um, if you do want to include it yeah and just keep it toned down if you will (laughs) yeah I think so too I think also you know your guests better than anyone so there may be some guests who think it's super fun and they really want to catch your garter or your bouquet Um, and so they might be the ones that you want to get involved whereas you may have some other guests who you know kind of wouldn't want to I, I read something about a more a modern way of tossing the bouquet without tossing it is to have the bride give it to someone specifically that it's dedicated to so maybe like the maid of honor after the maid of honor speech or something like that you could return the favor with a speech and a passing of the bouquet Uh, you know just exactly what you said I think there's there's tons of ways that you can make these things feel really authentic to you and it's about taking the time to figure out what that looks like yeah absolutely I think it's all about making it feel right for you and your personality and the personality of your partner. And actually it's something else I just thought about, you know, in line with like the little idea of having like a mini boutonniere or arrangement as a place setting for all of your guests. It, it kind of makes me wonder, and maybe this is something we should look up, if that's why, you know, the mothers of the bride and groom get a corsage or, you know, a boutonniere or something to wear as the mothers you know what I mean like I wonder right. where that where that came from or if that's related in some way you know or if it's just purely decorative <laughs> okay well that's you added right to the list and that will definitely be the follow-up because now I need to know yeah I do too I, I would love to know but it's it's interesting to think about like where these things came from and how they got started because then it really allows you to to think is this something I want to do is it something I want to include I think it's something that probably every couple experiences the second they decide, here we are, we're planning the wedding, is just this pressure that comes from so many angles of what 
this person imagines for you in your day, what they think you should do based off of what they themselves like or value. And maybe one of the hardest parts is actually weeding through all of that to figure out what you really, really do value and what you really want. I think it can become really easy to just feel like, you know, I went to a few weddings and this is what they were doing. So it feels like I should do it. But when you're planning something so important and so big, and that's such an investment, we think it's really important for you to feel empowered to make the choices that you want to make. Absolutely. And I always say that one of the hardest parts of planning is learning to manage other people's expectations and advocate for your own wishes and your values and what actually matters to you and your partner and what those priorities are for you. And obviously that becomes harder when you have other parties contributing financially to the wedding fund. But I do think that if you want to have a day that feels authentic to you, that is what you truly want, you have to kind of get good at setting those boundaries and and managing those expectations and, and communicating with with everybody to ensure that you protect that, not control, because that sounds negative, but you know, you know, you just, you, you want to have, um, the authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think that was really well said. And before we head out, we want to leave all of our listeners with some fun wedding facts. There's so much out there, but a lot of them have to do with what's good luck and what is bad luck. And so legend has it, that a bride should tuck a sugar cube into her glove. This is according to Greek culture, um, because the sugar will sweeten your marriage. (laughs) Interesting. I don't know many brides who wear gloves these days. I just imagine it being sticky and getting everywhere. But I think you can maybe sweeten your your union with, uh, you know, your cake or something else but but this idea of sweetening is is interesting yeah and I feel like it comes into play in a lot of different aspects of the wedding which I'm sure we'll get into in other episodes absolutely I for one am looking forward to all of our upcoming episodes and I can't wait to continue learning all about these wedding trends and traditions So thank you so much, Jess, for all of your awesome input. This was so much fun. But that's it for today. And we will see you next time on The Bouquet Toss. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride to empower couples to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. If you had as much fun as we did, then please catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're a bride-to-be looking for a little extra support, then please join us in our private community to connect with brides like you. Our community helps support one another and also shares the free resources that we provide via our website and this podcast visit community.thebudgetsavvybride.com to join. As always, stay true to you. We look forward to chatting again soon.